0: up here, man. Uh, this is Gene. Um, I actually really like Gene and I haven't seen him yet today, so I'm going to give him a hug. Um, uh, I feel like it, it's so funny because you, you meet people and you're like, oh man, I, I just like, not to be weird because you're up in front of people and stuff, but I love you, man. <laughs> like, I really do. And, and so I asked him if he would read uh, the scriptures and then, and then will you pray for us? Before we, uh, before we dive in. And so there's a microphone back here, man. Um, and Gene is the one that lives in the apartment complex that we're going to be working at. Um, and uh, uh, I mean, in a lot of ways, he gets to kind of be a missionary to that place. And he and his family, he's got five kids. Um, he's a stud. Um, uh, what a guy. Um, and so Gene, I'll, I'll try to put the microphone someplace. And I asked him to read uh, in the passages, first John 4, 7 to 12, and then if you'll just pray for us, brother. Okay, thank you. First uh,
1: uh, John chapter 4, verse 7 up to 12. The Bible says, Beloved, let us love one another, For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Eight, who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Nine, in this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Ten. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent son to be the provision for our sin. 11. Be loved. If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. 12. No one has seen God at any time. If we, love another, if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in
0: us. Amen. Thank you. Will you pray for us, brother? Yeah. Sweet. Thanks, man. In whatever language you want, because you know, we only know <laughs> English, though, okay? <laughs> he asked me yesterday, what do you want me to read the, the scripture in? Uh, English, Gene. <laughs> we get, he's like, well, French. I, get, I was like, it's probably English, man. <laughs> thank you, brother. Yeah,
1: thank you, really. You know, this is a, a surprise on my side because I did not expect such thing in my life. I know myself where I'm coming from. I know my past, and God knows my past. So I'm saying it's a surprise if I give you my testimony in my life, Yeah, um, I'm now by God's grace, nothing more, because my family could not do this. I'm sorry for my accent, but I think maybe you'll have something. Yeah, and it's just Jesus Christ alone to see that I'm here with my family. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thanks for everything, especially for this moment, which was like a dream, but now it's a reality. Thanks really because I was scared in my life, saying, am I going to meet some sister brother in Jesus Christ? But today, I'm so happy my family too, thanks for everything. I don't have much to say about this community, about this church, except your grace to be upon them and upon each and every one. Keep us in unity, in love, until you come back and pick the church your place in heaven thanks to jesus christ thanks holy spirit for all this amen amen
0: amen thank you brother <laughs> thank you brother i lost my bible that's not a good sign the music stand right here whoa I like that. It's on the music stand, and he like did one of those like ear quarter tricks with me. Um, um, sorry. Um, did you guys not love that song, by the way? Um, sorry, I I absolutely love it, and I appreciate that we can have a sense of humor together and enjoy it. Um, enjoy some of. The, can I call it a gift? It's a gift, uh, and some of the gifts of each other, and and uh, in a lot of ways, that's that's kind of what I'm talking about today, but. It, um, as you heard Gene read and you heard that passage the idea of beloved the loved ones the ones who have been loved and uh, I think it's a funny task to stand up front and um, to, to be able to, to, to speak about God and what he did and his love and all of those things um, my goal today is that the Holy Spirit would would absolutely come in and just do something crazy in your heart and let the love of God inspire you to love. Um, And I believe he does that too. I believe he does that. And I believe he does that because, do you guys realize that we live in light? We live underneath and we submit ourselves to the God who was willing to do anything. Like when you think about Jesus, the one who created everything, the one who was the master of everything, the rightful king, that our king didn't just come to destroy us, but in his patience, he loved us. Some of you have experienced the love of God in his tenacity and his dedication to you. You've seen him do things in your life that you never thought possible. You've seen him be faithful to you when you were unfaithful to him. The thing about the love that God has for you and me is that it's so rich and so deep and there's nothing in the world that will ever just make us understand it in an instant. But for the rest of our lives, we're going to be navigating and searching through the ocean that is God's love for us. And the more we experience that love, the more we're inspired to love other people. And God designed it that way. And so as I simply speak, what is the truth of the story of God and man? Rest. You are more loved in this moment than you have any knowledge of. That right now, the creator of the world, the one who knit you together in your mother's womb loves you beyond anything that you can understand. That you will never exhaust that love. When God created humanity, he created humanity to love humanity. The idea wasn't that he created humans so that he would be loved. He was already loved. He was experiencing perfect community. And he said, I want to share that. I want to, I want to make something beautiful and good. And he did. And as the crowning part of his creation, humanity, he wanted relationship. And he wanted us to know really who he was. And if you think about that, that's beautiful in and of itself that shows us that God loves us in and of itself because to create us, to fashion and design and make something so beautiful, that shows incredible love. But since Adam and Eve sinned, we have spent much of our time rejecting that love for the purpose of our own self-sufficiency, for the lack of visibility of God, whatever it might be. But in our rejection, you would expect that a creator as cool and amazing and brilliant as God, it'd be totally rightful for him just to give up on us. Just to send us on our way towards destruction, which is where we were running. But that is not God. And that is not how God operates. God is a tenacious lover. And no matter how far we can run, no matter where we could even possibly get to, we will never outrun the love that God has. And he proves it. He proves it in that there is no longer a stumbling block between us and him, because he obliterated it with his own sacrifice. The fact that Jesus, who in Colossians, it talks about how he was there when everything was created, he was the one that was molding it, he was doing it, he was every bit God. That Jesus would walk the planet, that Jesus would look face to face with people that he had knit together and watch grow up. That he would get to see sin up close and personal in the lives of the people that he was around. And then, and this is something that's so crazy to me, I can't even like fathom it. Like how, how would you know? Like he knew the fingerprint of the guy holding the hammer that put the nails in his hands. Like how, what, I mean, if you could imagine that, like he, he, he saw this dude when he was a baby before his heart was as hard as it was. But he knew that there was no way for humanity to get to him. There was no way for that love to break through unless a sacrifice was made because all of us were destined for death. We had gone down a path of total corruption, and he had never left the path of unconditional love. And this is the beauty this is what we orient ourselves around the fact that we were the ones who realized our need of God and submitted when God actually met that need. Let that sink in for a sec. You and I have a need. It's not a desire. If you don't feel a need for God, that doesn't mean it's not there. Everybody thinks that we pick who we believe in. Everybody thinks that, but long ago, God picked you and he picked me to hear his message. Now, will you submit to the gospel? Will you submit to the one who loved you more than you will ever know? It's as simple as, will you allow yourself to be loved? Because nobody will ever be more dedicated. I want to walk through four attitudes that Jesus had while he was on the cross. In last service, I didn't read the passages. When I look back on it, I think that was a mistake. Because I feel like God's word is strong and it's beautiful and it's better than anything I could possibly say so John 10:18, and they won't be on the screen so just listen it might make it easier instead of trying you can flip there if you like but Jesus says this in John 10:18. for this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again no one takes it from me but I lay it down of my own accord and I have the authority to lay it down and i have the authority to take it, take it up again this charge i have received from my father jesus was extraordinarily willing to do what he did the romans might have been the ones the romans and the jews at that time might have co-conspired to actually execute the murder of jesus but jesus get make no mistake about it he went to that cross for you and me to pay the price knowing exactly what he was doing he was not a fool And even in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before he dies, and he's sweating blood because he knows what he's going to have to endure. He feels it. He knew exactly what he was doing, and he felt that. He experiences love with you and me. Even when we are going, no, I don't feel it. I don't think that's true. I'm not experiencing God's love. I, I don't know. He's never left that love. the only faithful love that is truly 100% faithful. In fact, he knew that the cross was going to hurt. It wasn't like he was like, oh, I wonder if like, I'll be numb in my hands and my feet. Like It wasn't like that for him. He knew exactly what it was going to be. And it says in Hebrews 12, it talks about him enduring the cross for the joy set before him. And this is, I think, this is one of the passages for me that, that I, when I think about God's love, and I think about God using his love in my life to love other people, I think to myself, like, how, where do I get to that point where my attitude is joyful when I endure for the sake of others? Like, I, I want to feel that. I want to experience that. And he's, He's doing that in us, trust that. But, but right here, check this out. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race set out before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. When Jesus was dying on the cross for our sin, he was doing it with joy in his heart, knowing that the outcome would be far better or far more worth it than even the experiential pain of the cross. That speaks great love in the attitude. And it's even crazier when you think of Romans 5.8 where it says, that even while we were still rejecting him, he is enduring the cross. He, he, it wasn't like going to the cross, it wasn't like going to the cross. There was like all these people who already loved him and he was experiencing that love. No, not at all, he's experiencing the pain and, and the suffering that, that unfortunately had literally be the end of our path but he took that end and he changed it and that's what he was doing. He did it while we didn't even care about him. I mean, can you imagine love like that? Love that would love you, would care about you, would endure something like that kind of pain even while you were pushing him away? Or what about the humility of Jesus? That even though he was a king, even though he was in heaven, he would leave that place. He would set aside the fact that he was a king. He would set aside all of the things, literally, that, that, that showed off his true power and greatness. And it says he would die like a criminal. That his death as a criminal was, that was our shame. We had rejected God. We had run from him. But our shame is on the cross with him. And that love inspires us. It can do nothing else. Like when we really get that, when we really start to experience the gospel, you guys, it's crazy. Because we start and we just go. It's like, no way. I've been loved like that? Somebody's taking care of my needs that well? And then he looks at us and he's like, dude, just go, go love people. Go love. Go love because I've loved you. And in Romans 5, it says this. If you, I mean, that would be enough to inspire us to do crazy things anyway. But then God fills us with strength by placing his spirit within us to accomplish the things that he's told us to do. Like, first of all, he loves us by taking away our sin. And then he loves us by giving us the ability to walk with him and live like he did and to fulfill the commands he's giving us. Says it in Romans one, or sorry, Romans five, one through five. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And through him, we've also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. I picture a pitcher and God's like, I'm I'm filling them with me. I'm gonna fill you. That those of you who follow Jesus, who've submitted your lives, who said, I'm gonna lay everything aside, I'm gonna follow Jesus. Jesus because I realized like that love that he showed me on the cross that's the greatest thing ever and I needed it and he showed that love in accomplishing the things that I couldn't accomplish on my own and then he pours that into you and that's gonna be you guys, that's all at once when the Holy Spirit comes into you but then, man for the rest of your life you will be searching and navigating through God's love to truly understand how much he really loved us. Because I don't think the problem with us, I don't think the problem with us is that we are too distracted or too whatever. You name it. I don't think the reason we struggle to follow God has much to do with us at all. It has to do with our sin and our flesh, but if you're a follower of Jesus, the more you understand and walk and get to know God and and follow him and seek him and start to see what love he really did give you, the more you do that, problems start falling everywhere. The more you realize that God has met your needs, that God has loved you so well, everything else becomes so much smaller. Sacrifice becomes so much easier. Everything else becomes small in view of God's huge love for you. That's our aim. And as we go forward as a community, as we seek to do different things as a church, we will only be as good of a community of God's people as our love. It does not matter if we have the greatest creativity, the greatest talents in the world. It has... It has very little bearing on whether the kingdom of God advances, on whether God's love continues to break into a dying world. The thing that will define us when we stand before God one day as a community and also amongst each other will be our love for one another. And I've heard heard people say this uh, all the time. I hear hear it read at weddings and I hear it Um, cited at different places, but 1 Corinthians 13, and we, we know that as the love chapter, right? 1 Corinthians 13 is firmly placed in between two passages of scripture. 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14 are about gifts. It's about communal life. 1 Corinthians 13 is about communal life. And marriage is within that. That's all within that. But I want us to get something. The attitude of Jesus to come and die on the cross and we say, absolutely, that's what I want. I know I need you, Jesus. We then take him as our role model. Live within his kingdom. And he starts to break in and perfect love within us. then what we will start to look like is 1 Corinthians 13 with each other. It won't be a set of attributes. It will be a lifestyle. And what I want us to get at the end of verse 12, he says it brilliantly. He's gone this whole treatise on, on, on the spirit and how the spirit works within us and gives us different gifts and how we accomplish God's will through those gifts. And it's just brilliant. It's unity. It's all these great things. And then at the end of 12, he says, and I will show you a more excellent way. Love. And so for the next few minutes, I want us to sit in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 7 I want us to sit in the love that God had for us. And I want us to think, what would it look like for us to be a part of a community that was 1 Corinthians 13? And so pray, think, write. But as the music plays and as that's up on the screen, Don't let yourself wander away from this. The love of God is too huge for us to miss him and what he's doing in us. So let us meditate on this and pray. Uh, Next week, we're not meeting here, um, but we are uh, scattering to gather other places. Paul prays a prayer in Ephesians 3 that, um, man, I just feel like we could probably pray every day. (laughs) It's just like the width, the depth, I'll I'll read it, but I'll pray it actually. Um, But take this literally as for those of you who know God, this is where you're headed. You're headed towards a deeper, deeper understanding of God's love for you. And in that, more and more submission of your life. And in that, more and more loving other people. And it's the constant. As you submit, God will do this. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints saints, what is the breadth and length, height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. There's sign-up sheets out there. Don't forget that. Um, but yeah. That's pretty much that's how I'm going to end it. Yeah.